Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. Hello and welcome back to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean and Ben Wynn-Stanley. Guys, we're coming off the back of three points against Southampton. Ben, Everton faced a difficult trip away to Leeds at, at Ellen Road on Saturday. It's the first game with fans back for Leeds in the Premier League since 2004. What sort of game are you expecting here? It's going to be hostile, isn't it? Definitely. The fans are going to play a major part. I think Ellen Road's going to be absolutely bouncing and it's going to be great, probably for the home supporters and also away fans actually getting to see Everton play away for the first time in over 18 months. So, look, it's going to be a monumental experience. Um, fortunate enough to get tickets to go, so I can't wait to actually go and experience Ellen Road in the flesh. Apparently, the atmosphere has been great even before this. So it's going to be a really, really good experience for myself and just hoping to get three points on the road. But look, they had a bit of a shaky start against Manchester United getting beat 5-1. They had obviously the likes of Calvin Phillips on the bench. Um, Rafinha didn't play the best second half and they looked rusty. They looked like they ran out of energy quickly and United looked really, really good. Uh, Man United looked brilliant, I thought. And obviously we've seen that, especially when we played them as well pre-season so they're going to be bang up for it they're going to come at us at 100 mile an hour we all know what Bielsa's like um, the book the, the bucket sitting fella sits there and just gets his players to run non-stop for, for the whole game I think on stats last year they made the most runs and most kilometres covered out of any Premier League team so we, we've got to expect that Leeds going to come at us for a long period of this game um, they're going to be pressing like mad and immediately strikes concern into me. Uh, obviously, we've just spoke about it off air, but the likes of Mason Holgate and Michael Keane at the back. Now, for me, I'd be looking to get Yerry Mina in and Ben Godfrey in straight away, just to shore up that defence, bit more pace with Ben Godfrey, aerial threats, because they got Jack Harrison, who's rapid, Rafinha, who's rapid, and Patrick Bamford, very skillful, brilliant first touch, and have Calvin Phillips coming on. Stuart Dallas at left back, that Eiling at right back. They've got a good side leads, but they're not unbeatable. And I can see Everton looking to potentially even sit back and break and play in a way where we can break fast and get the balls into the box. Now, you, you look at their, their centre-half partnership, you start against United, um, obviously Cooper and Strudchik, I think you, you pronounce it now. They weren't the best and they were getting stretched massively by Bruno Fernandes making late runs, Mason Greenwood making brilliant runs and Pogba just playing the ball in behind. Now, if we can get Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison making them bending runs around the back and trying to stay on side and play behind them, play behind the high press, we'll get behind them and there will be a lot of chances. Now, I feel like if we can get one or two goals and we can silence that crowd, we can then just go back to playing off football and saying to Leeds, right, then you can come at us, we can play nicely around the back because 
we've seen in that second half against Southampton on Saturday, like we spoke about in the post-match podcast. And it was quite pleasant to see that we had some sort of game plan. We had hold of the ball, we were getting it out wide, and we put the ball into the danger zone. And I think that could be massive benefit for us if we do that sort of game plan again. If we can score early and silence that crowd, it'll be massive. We've seen how special Goodison was on Saturday and just how much, especially in the second half, as soon as it made 1-1, it felt like the players were 100 feet tall. Southampton just went into like a little hole and didn't want to know. Um, and I just feel like if we go, say, 1-0 down, then that Ellen Road crowd's going to be bang up for it. It's going to be rowdy. Your player's going to expect to receive some abuse on the sideline and it's just going to be very hostile. But look, they're all international footballers at Everton now. Um, we need to just go there, play our game. Don't worry about Leeds. Let them press all we want. But as long as we, Rafa's got a game plan and tactics to potentially get behind them, because look, we've got pace now. Damari Gray, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, even Townsend to an extent are all relatively quick, which something is we didn't have last year. We don't have them sorts of options. So I'm optimistic, Mick. Um, I mean, gut feeling thinks we can come away with three points. But look, I'd probably take a point at this moment in time. I'm not trying to be negative, but if we start the season at four points after two games, especially after Ellen Road trip with the fans going, look, they're going to go mad. So if we can get a point, I'd be happy and move on to Brighton. But look, I feel like it's there for three points. If we play the right game plan and tactics and formation, what I'm quite capable of Rafa can implement, then we should do well. Mm. Lee, obviously we all know what Leeds were about last year. They've been beaten 5-1 first game of the season. But just looking at the stats... For their defeat at Manchester United, they had 10 attempts, they had 51% possession and they had 16 more passes than Man United at Old Trafford. So it, it, it's still their philosophy, isn't it, Leeds? They're, they're attack, they're very gung-ho, they're a very leggy team, they're runners, but they are leaky in defence, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And that's what we've got to take advantage of, Mick. So I think Leeds get overhyped a lot in the media, um, you know, because they've got energy. They've got runners. They, they'll never, ever change the, the style of play, no matter how the game's going. And that, that's good in a way. They've got a good spirit about them. I think Bielsa's got a lot to do with it. I think if he didn't sit on a bucket and use a translator, I think they'd get a lot less attention. I just think he's like a media dream. Um, but we've got to just focus on what we need to do. Um, I think you can't, unfortunately, discount the effect that the fans on Ellen Road on Saturday could make because it was the other way around. We know what Goodison would be like after you know 17 years. It's a long time. They're a cracking set of supporters. They're loyal. They've been through some horrible, horrible times with with their club and and, and stayed with them and backed them. So they're going to want to show their appreciation and support on Saturday. But Everton have got it. You know, as I say, that we're handsomely paid international footballers, like Ben said. On paper, I'd argue we've got nothing really to. To fear, we should be going there looking to get three points. Every game, you should be approaching looking to win the game. You've got to be sensible about it, and sometimes a point in the end isn't a bad result. But we should be looking in our own way to to win that game. Um, and I think the only way we're going to do that, we've got to use possession wisely. Um, you know, they, they are going to press us high. You know, they're going to be all over us like a rash. You know, they're going to be buoyed on by the crowd. I just think we need to perhaps get the ball up the pitch quickly, don't dwell on it. You've seen what happens when we're dwelling on the ball and we're a little bit lackadaisical. That's when you can get caught out and, and all of a sudden you're a goal down, the crowd's up and you're fighting against the tide and you know, you're know you making life very, very difficult for yourself. So I think we've got to use our runners. I think we've got to go a little bit more direct, use Calvert-Lewin's strength, holding the ball up, 
get Decore, Richarlison, uh, Damari Gray up there supporting in the attack because we all know as good as and, and as energetic as Leeds are, you know they're, they're, they're incredibly shaky at the back and they're there to be got at. And you'd always fancy Everton to score a couple of goals, especially with the you know buoyed on by Richarlison and Calvert Lewin both getting a goal each at the weekend just gone. So there's going to be opportunities there for us. Can we take our chances? Can we stay calm? Can we almost take the, the sting out of the game in the first 20 minutes and break their spirit a little bit? Because I think once you break Leeds' spirit, you know, one goal can suddenly become two or three because they're not going to they're not going to sit back. They're not going to think, oh, we need to tighten things up here for 20 minutes. That's just not how they, they operate. So if we can get an early goal. You know, they're going to just keep attacking us, keep attacking us, and we can start picking them off a little bit then. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit torn with this one. I think four points after two games sounds good. You know, Ellen, Ellen Road's going to be a difficult place to go. But I'm, I'm with Ben. I think we're more than capable of winning this game on Saturday. Ben, Bielsa's come out today and said, you know, he expects Everton to be very, very compact. He, he understands Rafa Benitez and he says he's a very experienced manager and he says he will get the best from his team. Are you expecting Everton to, to be compact and sit in for large parts? Yeah, I think that probably will be the game plan. Um, just try and nullify Leeds' all-out attack because we know what's going to come and be 100 mile an hour from the get-go. And if we can see how, like you said, the, the first 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, when the crowd starts to settle down, the, the actual buzz from the ground starts to settle down, we can then start going into our game plan then. And I do feel like they're going to leave a lot of gaps. We've seen, obviously, last year when we went to Welland Road, when obviously there was no fans present, of course, but we went there, we sat deep and we broke and we scored two goals and we won 2-1. Um, and we've seen how they played, especially at Goodison as well, when they beat us 1-0. They played really free-flowing attacking football and really well. And the football is good, but look, they ship in quite a few goals as well. Um, so... We can't just go there and defend non-stop. We've got to kind of play it tactically where we'll defend, but we'll get behind them and break quickly because their fullbacks, obviously Dallas and Ireland, who it was against United, bomb forward. So it's up to our strikers if we go for a 4-4-2 again uh, or a 4-4-1-1 and we put Richarlison in that 10, like kind of floating, going left to right, like the second half against um, Southampton at the weekend. He can choose. So obviously, if if Leeds decides to attack down the right and Ireland's doing the overlapping, if a Charleston's clever, just sits in that pocket that's left. All we need to do with the game plan is even if we do go long ball, you can just look up with Charleston's there, ping it to him, and we're on the counter attack. Especially got Damari Gray, Townsend, Decore uh, in his box to box at the uh, the power horse. He'll be up and down, and we will get chances. And especially if we can put them ball into the box, obviously with Calvert-Lewin, we've got we've got a chance out of anybody. So I do feel like we're going to be very compact. I think it's going to be quite defensive, which I'm not against. I do feel like if we go all out against Leeds, they'll get behind us and score one, two, three quick-fire goals because they know they definitely know how to attack. But as you said, Rafa, he's, he's normally the tactician of doing this sort of games where he will invite the pressure and play on the counter-attack with quick, fast wingers. And Damari Gray, who I've raved about for a while, I feel like he's, he played really well on Saturday, he was direct. And he can cause Leeds some real issues. So it's all about being clever, these players, and seeing if they can be clever enough to spot the gaps, go and fill the gaps, and pass the ball quickly. And let's get Leeds on the back foot when we can. I don't think it's going to be for large chunks of the game. But if you get a sustained period of attack against them, and if you, like I said before, if you go 1-0 up, it silences the crowd. 
the away fans get up and up and up and we gain more and more and more confidence. I don't see why we can't go and beat them. Um, I really, really don't. Obviously, United played brilliantly on Saturday and obviously I was watching that just before Everton played and the gaps that they were leaving, they were getting behind. I think the Mason Greenwood one especially. I think Pogba just literally turned on a sixpence, put a through ball into Mason Greenwood and he was in one-on-one just because the fullbacks loved to bomb on so much. There was so much space in and behind and that ball in around the back will cause them issues. Because, look, Calvert-Lewin's quick, Richarlison's quick, and we can really, really go at them. But we've got to go about it clever, because if we go out 100 mile an hour and go 1-0 down, then we've got to go at them then. We've got to attack to try and um, get back into the game. And that's when, you, especially to Leeds, you can go 2-3-0 down. Because, look, Bielsa runs them into the ground. He is all about fitness. He is all about speed. And he wants his players to obviously beat opponents over 90 minutes because they'll be running in the 89th minute how they started in the first. And that showed on stats last year. It's going to be really difficult, but I feel like Everton with the right game plan, the right tactics can go there and cause a really big upset. And fingers crossed we can. Because six points to start this season is amazing going on to Brighton and we can have a really good time as lads when we go down there for a last. Mm. Lee, looking at Everton, we started... Against Southampton with Coleman, Michael Keane, Mason Holgate and Luca Dean on the back four. Are you expecting a change to that back four with maybe Yerry Mina, Ben Godfrey coming back in? I hope so, yeah. Um, I know second half we did all right, a little bit better. But at the end of the day, we weren't up against much with Southampton. And when you're coming up against better attacking sides and leads are much better going forward than Southampton, I think you've got, you've got to have your best team out there for one reason or another. Mina and Godfrey weren't available last week, but you know, I'm, hopefully they are on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head as to why they wouldn't be. So get them in. You've got to play your strongest side. You know, it, it's it's a it's a massive game already. You know, you want to be building on that momentum from from Saturday and all of you know either four points or six points, and it's it's a really good start to the season. Um, and you've sort of lived up to the expectations when you looked at that fixture list. So we've got to field our best side, be prepared. I think with Leeds' pressing game, I wouldn't trust Michael Keane or Mason Holgate. They're just too liable for, to, for, a, for a mistake, for a cock-up. And I just I don't know about whether they'd be able to handle the, the heat of the atmosphere as well. You know, Mason Holgate's often liable to do something a little bit stupid, throw a silly tackle in inside the box and don't want to be given needless free kicks or a penalty away. There's just so much which points towards Mina and Godfrey being our first-choice pairing. Keane's too streaky. You know, one minute he can look really, really good for 10 games and then all of a sudden something happens to him and he, he turns into this, you know, totally different player. His distribution was terrible on Saturday at times. He was just scooping. It's like his foot turns into a lob wedge in golf and he just scoops it up out of play. You know, his distribution was terrible again. And I remember talking about Michael Keane last year, saying how much his distribution had improved and it looked like it was something he'd been working on. It looked like he'd gone backwards a little bit again at the weekend. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Godfrey and Mina come back in. And me personally, that would fill me with a lot more confidence that we're going to be able to deal with Leeds' threats a little bit more. I think Yerry Mina has got a calmness about him. I think his distribution, he doesn't get enough credit for you know how good he, he retains the ball. I think he's good at that. And then Ben Godfrey adds that leading from the front attitude, application. You know, he'll set the tone. He'll be th- flying into tackles. He'll be 
well up for it. I think he'll love playing in front of an atmosphere like you're going to get at Ellen Rose on Saturday. And he's the type of player that you want. You want 11 of them with that sort of attitude and application that he's got. And I know there's been quite a few calls for Ben Godfrey to be made captain. And, you know, I'd probably back that, maybe not this season, but going going forward, he's, a, he's definitely a future captain of Everton Football Club. So, yeah, Mick, get them both in, play your strongest side, set ourselves up for a victory. Ben, moving further up the field, Alex Awobi impressed when he came on. I know he only got 20 minutes or so, but he, he highly impressed. Do you think Alex Awobi could be given a chance to, uh, on Saturday? Potentially. Um, obviously, we gave him high praises on the podcast and on Twitter. I thought it was one of his best cameos in Everton's chef for a long time. He wanted the ball. He was direct. He got an assist. He got a pre-assist. And do you know what? When he comes on and puts performances in like that, I'll get behind him. It's when he comes on and he makes them mistakes. But he looked assured. He looked, he looked good. He said he wanted the ball. He was going forward. And he definitely changed the game on Saturday. Now, for me, it becomes a question, obviously, with Andros Townsend and Iwobi. Um I would be reluctant to probably stick with Andros Townsend for now. Um, quite enjoyed the way he got it out of his feet and whipped balls into the box straight away. And then bring Iwobi on with maybe half an hour to go when Leeds are potentially starting to uh, tire. Um, and because he can come, he can unlock stuff. Iwobi, you look at his, his stats and stuff, he can unlock defences. He has got it in his locker, but he just doesn't show it enough for Everton going forward. And last year was pretty wasn't the best for him numbers-wise. And he, he looked, he had a good few take-ons. He has progressive passes. Um, he looks to go forward. He passes it into the box. But it was just not good enough last year. And it was just, it was good to see, refreshing to see that he came on on Saturday and a few people who were sat in the crowd probably going, oh no, not a Wobi. What's going on? with Are we that desperate? And look, he came on and he performed brilliantly. And he set up the second goal and he gives the pre-assist for the fair goal. So he's done all he can, Mick, for and actually try and get the nod. And if he does get the nod, I hope he performs well. I hope he does 110% again. He's confident and he'll get stuck in because you've got to track back against Leeds. You can't be like committing and then just jogging back. You've got to be working your backside off to obviously help the team. And I think as much as people were reluctant for Andros Townsend to come into the club, I feel like, He's a modern-day professional. He'll put a shift in and he'll work up and down. He may not set the world alight, but he's going to, like your dad said, Nick, he's going to give you a solid six or seven out of ten week in, week out. And that's what we, we probably need against this Leeds team. We can't afford to have players like a Wobie who's going to come on and give you a three out of ten and not coming back, losing the ball. But your Townsend is going to be solid. So I'd potentially start with Townsend and then assess it as it goes on. Because his balls into the box are brilliant. And a few times, if all you need is Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison to actually gamble on them balls and we're one or two nil up. So it is, this crossing from the left and Damari Gray's crossing from the right is going to be massive, I think, going forward. I feel like that could be a game plan again. Now, do Leeds obviously change their game plan? And I think Leeds mentioned it on Twitter, a question to our, our good friends, the County Road Bobblers. Could teams set up? to stop us crossing? And it's a really good question. Um, I, I, I really don't know. I'd, I'd be very surprised if, if Leeds and Bielsa changed their game plan of literally overlapping and going forward to then think about us because they just think about all-out attack. And if that's the case, then there is going to be space for that wide ball and crossing into the box. And like I said on previous podcasts, Richardson and Carver-Lewin on the day, if they get a free header in the box, probably nine times out of ten, it's going in the back of the net. So we, I'd be looking to start Townsend, but I wouldn't be kicking off if a Wobie starts. 
I just hope and, and pray that when he comes on or when he gets the nod this season, that he takes his chance because it's been a bit of a bad one for him. And I don't want to see any Everton player with, with his head down. And you can just see it sometimes. He just didn't want the ball because he knew potentially he could make a mistake. But there's definitely a player there because the stats don't lie. You can't argue with stats because the factual. But just hopefully he does it more often in a blue shirt this season because, look, he, he can do it. He's got it in his locker. So good luck, Alex Awobi, this season there. All the best. Lee, Ben, you've pretty much named your 11, give or take. Obviously, Mina and Godfrey may come back into the team. So we're going to move on to predictions. Lee, we're going to start with you. Three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Everton travel to Leeds United. What's your prediction? I think we're going to win 2-1. I think um, I can see Leeds coming out absolutely flying. Um, but I think it wouldn't surprise me at all for Rafa Benitez to... to come up with a plan for us to deal with that first 20 minutes. He is a tactician. Um, and if, if we can do that, I can see us going a goal ahead, maybe nicking another one and Leeds maybe nicking one back uh, later on because it's going to be difficult to keep Leeds at nil um, because they are such a, an attacking threat and they have got quality um, in certain areas of the pitch. But I don't know. I've just got a feeling we're going to come out on top on this one. It was a great performance there last year. Don't forget... As much as Leeds are going to have a great backing, we're going to have you know a couple of thousand Everton fans who were unrivaled in terms of away support. You know, our away support is absolutely unbelievable. They'll be right behind the team, making themselves heard. I'm sure they'll sound a lot more than two and a half thousand or whatever the number is. If you correct me on that, on the day, um, and the team are going to get you know a lot of energy from the away support as well. And I just think it was a a, a really good feeling coming away from. Southampton and the players are going to be boosted by that um, so I don't know I've, I've just got a, a little feeling in my water so to speak that we're going to come away with the three points 2-1 mm. Ben what's your prediction on this one? Well I'll start off with saying it's a game you don't want it on your Saturday Acker at all because it's unpredictable could go anyway um, I wouldn't be putting Everton on to win I would be putting Leeds on to win because you just don't know so I'm going to go down the middle I'm going to go for a 1-1 I feel like we'll potentially go 1-0 up um, in the first half and then it'll be all out attack from Leeds and he might nick a goal and we'll see it 1-1 which I would take but look if we can get three points it's absolutely monstrous going forward and it just kicks us on to Brighton then and just eases the pressure a bit off that Brighton game and just because we have look we have got relatively okay fixtures to start going forward and these are the games that we need to, if we want to try and push to get top seven this season, that we need to be going away and winning and trying to get the full three points. So I think if the right personnel come in, the right formation, right tactics come in, I feel like we can get something. But it's Everton, isn't it? So I'm going to go for a 1-1 um, down the middle. Mm, yeah. What about you, mate? Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two-two. I think, like you said, Lee, I think it's gonna be very difficult to keep Leeds at bay. Um, given the crowd, it's going to be quite hostile. So I do think it is going to be difficult to keep them at bay. So, But I think we can score. I think, as we all know, Leeds are good going forward, but defensively they are leaky. So I'm going to go 2-2. And as Ben said, I would be quite content with a point now. I think four points from the first two games, given the circumstances and the strange summer that we had, I think we all would have bitten your hand off for that. So yeah, I, I would be quite content with a point on, on Saturday. So, so moving away from on the field sagas and things, Lee, James Rodriguez, uh, you know, again, he's gone to social media and this time it's on Twitch and 
he's made it quite clear that he will not be involved uh, on Saturday at Everton versus Leeds. What are your thoughts on James Rodriguez? Do you think Everton should maybe just look for any sort of deal to move him away from the club now? Or should we maybe try and speak to Jorg Mendes, speak to James Rodriguez and try and twist his arm to get him to give us another season? Oh, it's, it's such a difficult one because you, you say out loud and you're saying, oh, well, you know, he doesn't want to be here perhaps and he's on 200 grand a week. You know, what could we do with that money? But at the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's James Rodriguez and we, we haven't had that class of footballer at the club for a long time, so probably since Lukaku. So, he's shown last year, okay, he's not going to play every game. Um, he is, is, he's not the quickest. His fitness isn't probably what you'd, you'd like it to be, or certainly Rafa Benitez would like it to be, because I know what he, he looks for in a team. But the quality that he's got, you know, his ability to unlock defences, um, you know, game-changing moments that we saw um, at Anfield, at Old Trafford, at different places. Um, where would we have been without that last year? And I, and I don't know, like, like I've mentioned, with teams perhaps cottoning on to our approach of getting crosses into the box and, and getting it wide and stuff. You know, if, if, if that is nullified and teams get onto that, then I do think we are still a little bit short of creativity and that's where he could come in and offer us something a little bit different. So I don't know. It, I've, I have gone back and forth, back and forth with the whole James Rodriguez saga. Like One week I've got a foot in one camp, the next week I've got a foot in the other. It's I can see both sides of the argument. If he doesn't want to be here, and he's been a negative influence behind the scenes. And these are all assumptions. He could be good as gold. He could be training really hard. Then I think that that dictates a lot of how you deal with it. Because if he is throwing a strop, and if he is being a negative influence amongst the dressing room, you don't want that. And it is probably best served just moving him on and getting his wages off the, the wage bill and reinvesting them somewhere else. But if he is at all open to staying, and his attitude isn't, questionable behind the scenes and we none of us know this then surely it makes sense to try and involve James Rodriguez somewhere um, so I don't know you've asked me a question but I, I honestly don't know because I don't know the answers to, to that stuff it all depends on his attitude if he mm. wants to stay if he wants to stay I think we should be doing everything we can to get another season out of him because also we've touched upon this loads it would just be horrible not not watching him live a footballer of that quality and you know not not watching him at Goodison live do, doing some of the things we saw him do last year it'd be really sort of typical Everton it'd be a typical like Everton isn't it um, moment wouldn't it um, but if it's not to be it's not to be um, and you've just got to trust that the people in charge of the club are going to make the right decision for, for the club not just for Hammers Rodriguez Ben where do you sit on this one obviously my personal opinion is I think any football player that goes onto social media and starts talking about things the way James Rodriguez has been doing, it lacks professionalism and it almost lacks a little bit of respect to whatever football club you are at. And I'm not overly impressed with that. But a global superstar like James Rodriguez, that is what they do, unfortunately, in, in sport and especially in football. So what are your feelings on this situation at the moment? Yeah, he needs to pack in the Call of Duty on Twitch because every time he goes on, I'm on Google Translate trying to find out what he's saying. It's just... um. Yeah, it's, you know, football's a business and we all know that. And he's an asset to the Everton Football Club. But if you go about the way of obviously disrespecting the club that we all support, then 
it's one of them. Like, I don't personally agree with him going publicly about it because, like Lee said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And he is on quite high wages and he is one of our players that would potentially command the fee because Benitez wants workers in that team and he just might not feel like he fits in the um, the style that he wants to implement at Everton. And that's fine. But there needs to come to a, a resolution sooner rather than later because I'm just getting a bit sick of it, to be honest. Just like going on and on of what's he doing, what's going on. And obviously, he's been training alone. I think Moise Keane, Gabam and Godfrey um, have all come back into play today from their, in brackets, isolation. So they're back in training, but there's obviously no sign of Hamas Rodriguez, who's obviously been training at home um, alone. So, look, he did that cryptic tweet the other night and he automatically got linked to Atletico Madrid. I do feel like there's games going on. I feel like there's games from himself. I feel like there's games from his agent, Jorge Mendes, who we've had issues with over the summer anyway, which is obviously with the Nuno issues. That's He probably thought it was all done, leaked it all out that it was going to be done, and we changed our mind last minute. And Like a few people have said on Twitter, that, that George Mendes is a super agent for a reason. He can literally make the football world his puppet and decide where his client goes, shall we say now. I just want to come to an end, Mick. I just want someone to grab it by the neck and say, right, James Rodriguez is off, £10 million, thanks for your efforts, all the best. Or James Rodriguez is staying at Everton Football Club for the next season. Just a bit of communication, just to like stop the questionable attitude from everyone and because obviously Benitez got in, got some stick on Twitter saying he was isolating him out. And then obviously James is taking it to Twitter. He's saying stuff and other news reports and leaks. And I just think that Everton are that desperate for money that we gambled last year in signing them in the uh, expectation that we could potentially get European or Champions League football. Therefore, increasing our wage structure, increasing the revenue, increasing the money into the club, and he could potentially have stayed another season. That hasn't happened. So now we're at a predicament where... He could leave. He could get the wages off the bill and we could sign two players potentially, which I do think the squad need. Now, he was glorious to watch last year. What what a footballer he is um, going forward. And I absolutely love the man. I think he's, he's brilliant. But look, I just want the best for Everton. I want the best for the football club. I just, I'm just sick of it all, to be honest. I just want this saga to be done and dusted so we can all move on. And if he leaves, I wish him all the best. Thank you for the, a really good 12 months. Um, thank you for that assist at Anfield. It was glorious to Richarlison. But yeah, just just want to put a, a nail in the bed now and just leave it. Um, just want it all resolved, all sorted, and potentially and hopefully we can bring two play, two or three more players. I expect into the club by the end of the transfer window. Mm. Lee, an, another player that's future still remains in doubt is Moise Keane. Obviously, he deleted a lot of his photos, well, all his photos on Instagram and, and certain social media. So it's, he's, he's clearly not happy at Everton Football Club and is obviously desperate to move away. His preference is obviously to go back to Paris Saint-Germain in France, but that doesn't look like it's going to materialise at the moment. What are your thoughts on this one again, Everton, between a rock and a hard, play, hard place with Moise Keane? Doesn't really want to be here. We don't really have any concrete offer. Would you now be getting to the point where you'd think, yeah, just accept a loan and get him out the door and get his wages off the, off the books for a season? Yeah, I would. With him, yeah, I think because the difference between him and James Rodriguez is his output is nowhere near as much as James. Um, 
hasn't he put his these pictures back on? Didn't he like archive them and then suddenly this week they've all reappeared again? Yeah, so, so, yeah, certain photos right. have started to reappear. So I don't know what his game is, Mick. I, I don't know. Um, the lad clearly hasn't settled in at Everton, doesn't want to be here, sees himself as perhaps a little bit bigger than the club, which is nonsense. Um, I don't think he's done enough to, to warrant that opinion. Um, and with his wages, the fact that, you know, is, is he being a little bit of a, a troublesome, divisive figure in the dressing room? He's, he's certainly not pulling in the same direction as the rest of them. So I think it's best if we try and get him out the door. Now, obviously, the preference would have been to get a healthy fee uh, for him early in the summer. But with what's transpired since uh, PSG, obviously, he's, he's not going to end up there. You know, good luck getting a game there. Good luck anyone getting a game there at the minute. Um, so would it be the worst thing in the world for Everton to accept a season-long loan, get all of his wages off the bill with an obligation to buy? Now, I know Borley has come on here and said before, that's all well and good, but we've got the only time we should be doing that is if we, we are certain and we've got replacements lined up ready to come in. I don't want to be in the situation where we only have Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front to rely on because that's leaving ourselves dangerously short in that area because if he picks up an injury all of a sudden what what are you going to do we're, we're, we're short of goals we're, we haven't got a focal point to target man and look what happened at, when he was out I know it was only pre-season but against Man United when we didn't have anyone up there you know you need that focal point so I think there's been talk recently last couple of days of uh, Joaquin Correa from Lazio I uh, don't know how accurate those reports are, but you know he, he's a good player. But either way, if we're going to get Moise Keane go, we have to bring somebody else in. We need competition up there for Calvert-Lewin and someone else in. But I wouldn't lose any sleep should he leave the football club. I think it's one of them you just put down to a mistake. Didn't work out. Doesn't mean he's a he's a bad player. You know he could go on and have a good career. Hopefully for his sake he does. But it's not. I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen for Moise Keane at Everton. Mm. Ben, do you? think that maybe it's going to be damage limitation on Moise Keane this season and just think to yourself, yeah, get him out the door, even if it's a loan, he's off the wage bill for a year, which then helps us obviously internally. Or do you think the club should say, no, you know what, if there's no permanent deal out there for him, he's going to stay and he's going to have to work hard and be professional and get back in the squad and be Dominic Calvert-Lewin's understudy? Um. It's like at least so it's such a difficult one. I think Everton were pretty confident a bid was going to come in for um Moisa Keane from Paris Saint Germain after his performance scoring over 16 goals and a few assists last year in France. He performed really, really well. And I'm quite surprised there haven't been any more suitors to be honest. But COVID has ripped through the heart of finances of a lot of clubs across Europe and everyone's struggling to do business. We've all seen what Everton up to this season. It's it's just it's just painful at the moment, but I think we did expect that bid to come. Maybe PSG got made aware that there's some issues regarding Barca's finances and just to hold out and see what happens. And clearly the Leo Messi deal, that, that's going to take precedence. Don't know how much they're paying them, don't know how they're getting around it, but they are. Some sort of cryptocurrency uh, payments to keep off the books, I believe. So yeah, it's, it's one of them. So most keen look, Florentino are going to be sniffing around in there about to sell their main asset striker. Um, he's been linked to other clubs, even Man City were linked to him if Harry Kane doesn't go through. And 
if that goes through, we can get a loan with a bit of a loan fee with an obligation before the end of June next year, because obviously Everton's accountable in June to June. If we can get that obligation set in, in a year's time, we can still spend that money now because it'll be in this year's accounts. So a deal like that could potentially have like a £5 million loan fee and an obligation of 28 to £30 million, say, next season when the season's all up and running. And I think a deal like that would make sense. Now, the negative, if it's just a loan deal, we'd now have a player who goes down to his final two years of his contract and it becomes a bit squeaky bum time, shall we say, when it comes to price and cost. And should Everton really lose money out on a on a promising young centre-forward who, look, did perform in the Champions League last year and did perform in League One at Paris Saint-Germain. Now, it's... It, it, the situation to have one like the Hammers, what it needs to be resolved. He clearly thinks he's a bit of a social media influencer. He likes to do his party tricks and dancing, which is fine. But just put up and shut up because you're an Everton player at the moment. And you respect our club. You respect the club we support. And look, if a move doesn't materialise, you get your head down and you knuckle on and you play for a move next year. You go out, you play well, and you try and force your way into Everton's starting lineup this season by becoming Calvert Lewin's understudy and trying to put pressure on him, put pressure on Richarlison, and do himself a bit of justice, a bit of pride, and try and play for that move away. Don't spit your dummy out, don't start sucking, get stuck in because a, a majority, a, a, near enough, everyone would die to be in this place, literally sitting uh, <laughs> on the bench at Everton and coming on and playing in front of Everton in the Goodison crowd. So, yeah, another one. Situation needs to be resolved as soon as possible. Hopefully, if we can get a couple of players gone, we can bring a couple of players in. Um, so, yeah, hopefully a bit of a frantic end. I'm going to call it now that the last week of this transfer is going to be a bit mad for Everton, so we'll uh, see how that goes. Mm. And there we go, guys. Thanks to Ben and Lee for joining us as always. We will be back on Sunday with all the fallout and all analysis from our trip to Ellen Road, which is a a 3pm kickoff on Saturday. Michael Ball will be joining us Sunday, so hear from Ballie as well. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and we'll see you Sunday. Thank you. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.